Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about gastroesophageal reflux in children and infants. If you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash reflux or in the gastroenterology section of the Zero to Finals pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. Gastroesophageal reflux is where the contents of the stomach reflux through the lower esophageal sphincter into the esophagus and up into the throat and mouth. In babies, there is immaturity of that lower esophageal sphincter and this allows stomach contents to easily reflux into the esophagus. It's normal for a baby to reflux after feeds and provided there's normal growth and the baby is otherwise well, this is not a problem. However, it can be upsetting for parents, particularly if the baby is distressed by the reflux. It usually improves as they grow, and around 90% of infants stop having reflux by one year of age. So how does it present? It's normal for babies to have some reflux after larger feeds. It becomes more troublesome when this causes them to become distressed. And the signs of problematic reflux are a chronic cough, a hoarse cry, Distress, crying or being very unsettled after feeding, reluctance to feed, chest infections or pneumonia, and poor weight gain. Children over one year may experience similar symptoms to adults, reporting heartburn, acid regurgitation, retrosternal or epigastric pain, bloating, and nocturnal cough or cough at night time. Let's talk about the causes of vomiting. Vomiting is a very non-specific complaint and often does not indicate an underlying pathology. Some of the possible causes of vomiting include overfeeding, gastroesophageal reflux, pyloric stenosis which causes the typical projectile vomiting, gastritis or gastroenteritis, appendicitis, infections such as urinary tract infections, tonsillitis or meningitis, intestinal obstruction, and bulimia, which is self-induced vomiting. There are a few red flags in the history that should make you think about underlying problems in babies or infants presenting with reflux. Not being able to keep any feeds down is a red flag as it could indicate pyloric stenosis or intestinal obstruction. Projectile or forceful vomiting indicates pyloric stenosis or could indicate intestinal obstruction. Bile-stained vomit indicates intestinal obstruction. Hematemesis, which is blood in the vomit, or melina, which are dark, tarry stools that may indicate a peptic ulcer, esophagitis, or varices that are bleeding in the stomach or the upper GI tract. Abdominal distension may indicate intestinal obstruction. Reduced consciousness, bulging fontanelles or neurological signs may indicate meningitis or raised intracranial pressure. Respiratory symptoms may indicate aspiration and infection. Blood in the stools may indicate gastroenteritis or cow's milk protein allergy. Signs of infection may indicate pneumonia, urinary tract infection, tonsillitis, otitis media or meningitis. If they have a rash, angioedema, which is swelling around the lips and face, and other signs of allergy, think about cow's milk protein allergy. 
and apneas, which are periods where they stop breathing, are a concerning feature and may indicate serious underlying pathology. And apneas always require urgent assessment. So let's talk about management. In simple cases, an explanation, reassurance and practical advice is all that's needed, with advice to give small frequent meals, burping the baby regularly after feeding can help the milk settle, not overfeeding and keeping the baby upright after feeding and not lying them flat because this will make the reflux worse. More problematic cases can justify treatment with Gaviscon, which can be mixed with feed to improve the reflux symptoms, thickened milk or formula, such as specific anti-reflux formulas that are available, ranitidine and omeprazole where ranitidine is unavailable or inadequate. Rarely in severe cases they may need further investigation with a barrier meal and endoscopy, and surgical fundoplication can be considered in very severe cases. However, this is very rarely required or performed. Finally, let's talk about Sandefur's syndrome. And this is a rare condition which causes brief episodes of abnormal movement in association with gastroesophageal reflux in infants. The infants are usually neurologically normal and the key features are torticollis, which is a forceful contraction of the neck muscle causing a twisting of the neck, and dystonia, which are abnormal muscle contractions that cause twisting movements, arching of the back or unusual postures. The condition tends to resolve as the reflux is treated and improves, and generally the outcome is good. It's worth referring patients with these symptoms to a specialist for assessment as the differential diagnosis includes more serious conditions such as infantile spasms or West syndrome and seizures. So thanks for listening to this episode on gastroesophageal reflux. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. You can find written notes in the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book available on Amazon. You can also find them on the Zero to Finals website at zerotofinals.com. And you can find full audiobook versions of all of the episodes on Audible. And I hope you tune in to the next episode, which will be on pyloric stenosis.